We've been looking at what true church is and what it means, and we've been talking about being the body of Christ. Brothers and sisters, how often does this heart pump? Tell me, how often? Okay, constantly, and if it stops, what happens? The body's in trouble. It don't just pump once a week, right? Or twice a week or three times a week, all right? For an hour or two at a time. We have really missed that, but we've been trying to uh, uh, clear some of that misconception up in this series, and this is the last of the series um, on uh, the body, and, and we've been talking about finding your place in the body, and that means finding and using our spiritual gifts. And, and if you wanted a subtitle for this lesson this morning, it would be God has an assignment for every Christian, for every part of the body. And that the, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, we've looked at both of those sections of Scripture extensively in this series, and we're going to mention a few things this morning again from those sections of Scripture. But brothers and sisters, what we need to understand that if you are a part of the body of Christ, and if you've been baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sin, the Bible says you have been added to the Lord's church. You are a part of his body, okay? That's not a, that's not a figure. That's not an illustration. That is a fact. You are literally a part of the body of Jesus Christ, who, of course, is the head of his church. So God has a work a service that he wants each individual in his body to do. Now, again, we miss that because, again, I, 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 I quote these sad statistics, 15 to 20% of the people in any given congregation does 90% of the work. So that means a whole lot of the part of the body is not working, is not serving in any way. Well, but Brother Green, I come to church. That's great. That's wonderful. That's one very small part of being in the body of Christ, okay? Now, brethren, here's the thing. You cannot do my work. And I cannot do yours. We need to understand that. I hear, I've, I'll talk to some men about coming to church. Well, my wife goes to church. She does the work for both of us. No, she does not. And, and again, that's the devil's lie. Somebody said, well, Brother Green, I give enough to have others do my work. No, you do not. Are we to give? Amen, every one of us. Some of you need to improve on that, as a matter of fact. But brothers and sisters, that doesn't pay anybody else to do your work for you. It's an individual thing, as we're going to see. So we need to find where... We fit at into the body, and we need to find our spiritual gifts because God has gifted us, as we're going to see, so that we can serve in the body and then use those gifts for the good of the body. Ephesians 4.16, as was just read by that handsome, debonair, young C. Schultz fella, um, explains how the church is going to grow, right? Let's look at Ephesians 4.16 again, all right? It may not be on the, there, but, but listen to this, and for... For whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by which every joint, some burden say ligament supplies, according to the proper work of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So Ephesians 4.16 explains how the church is going to grow. Okay? Two things he says. He says it's going to grow collectively. As a whole, we understand that, brothers and sisters. We see this physical body, and we understand that it is a whole unit, okay? And so how does it grow as a whole? By being held together by every supporting ligament or joint, according to whichever version you have. Now, brothers and sisters, that's the work of the church as a whole, right? All the... All of, of our, all of our works together, all of our areas of service together, are, we're viewed, the Bible says, as ligaments or joints, and all of us hold the body, the church, together. 
We understand that. Each ligament, each joint in my body is important in holding it all together. Okay? And we need those. So there's the group work. There's the collective work of the church of the body of Christ. The working together, several individual members as a single body. But then Paul also brings out the fact that there is the individual aspect okay we work together collectively and then we have individual gifts that we are to carry out in the body paul says that it will be held together according to the proper working of each individual part now brothers and sisters what happens to the physical body when an individual part is not working properly or is not working at all. That affects the body in a negative way. We can understand that. If I were to suddenly lose the complete use of my left arm, that's going to hurt the rest of the body. That's going to affect the rest of the body in a negative way. So the Bible says we are to each individual, and if you're in the body of Christ today, you are an individual part of that body. And so we're all to work together as one body, but each member has an individual work to do. Okay? The heart has an individual work to do. The eyes have a specific work to do. They're part of the body collectively, but they have an individual work. Right? And so the individual work provides the basis for the collective work. Each part does its work. And as each part does its work, its service, whatever it needs to be doing, the body is going to remain healthy. And according to Ephesians 4 here, it's going to grow. And that's what God wants its body to do, is to grow. Brethren, Again, it's ungodly and unscriptural, and the devil loves it when I hear people say, well, I, Brother Green, I just like the church to remain small because I like a, church, a small church. Brethren, please listen to me. I mean this sincerely. Repent of that selfish attitude because you're saying, in essence, I don't want folk to be saved at this particular church where I attend because I want it to remain small. Please, please repent of that. Brethren, God gives the spiritual gifts. The Bible we've studied earlier where in, in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 where it says very, um, very clearly that God places every member in the body where he wants it to be. So we're dealing here with each person's work. God gives the spiritual gifts. Mark 13, 34, Jesus is telling a parable there, and he says that God gives each one his work, Okay. It's like a man going on a far country, the man being our master, our savior, our Lord, who left his house, and that's his church, and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to keep watch. He said he gave them the authority to do certain things. He gave them a specific work to each one, the specific work that they needed to be good doing. So, brothers and sisters, God's the great giver, and he gives us what? What are some of the things he gives us that's so very powerful today? This isn't an exhaustive list by any mention, any stretch of the imagination, but the Bible says he gives us his word, which as Chad talked about in Bible class today, is powerful. He gives us his power, Ephesians 1, and then especially 3, 20 and 21. He gives us his own character, Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, okay? 
For the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience. You, you, you get all that, okay? You know what that is, brothers and sisters? That's not the fruit we bear. Read all that context. It's not the fruit you bear. It's the fruit the Spirit bears through you. He gives us His character. And then the Bible says He gives us His gifts. We've looked at that extensively in 1 Corinthians chapters 12 through 14 and Romans 12, verses 3 through 8. Now, let's look at Romans 12, 3 through 8 again, okay? Um, and so, he says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Just a side note, he puts that in there, if you, if you read the whole context, because some people were given miraculous spiritual ability to do spiritual gifts, and boy, it was puffing them up. And he said, no, you're missing the whole point. Those gifts are not for you, as we're going to see in a minute. So he said, don't get all puffed up about that, okay? Whatever gift God has given you, brethren... Don't get puffed up about that. God gave it to you, okay? If it wasn't for God, we couldn't walk with you gum at the same time, amen? So he said, don't you get all puffed up about that, okay? And, and he said, you think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. We understand that, brethren, right? Isn't it amazing, though, how so many Christians think that everybody else should be just like them. We have different functions. So, be, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us, let us use them. If prophecy, that means literally in the... In the, there, there's prophecy in the people being given something by God, such as the prophets. In this sense, it simply means to speak forth, to tell. We would probably say today, you're preaching, okay? If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, <clears throat> which means serving, let us use it in our ministering or serving. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. He says, okay, so this is what we've got to get. Brothers and sisters, in verse 6, he tells us <coughs> that we've been given different gifts. That's good. That's good. We don't all want to do the same thing, nor should we. The Bible takes that up in 1 Corinthians 12. Paul said, if we all, the whole body was an eye. You know, if we, if we were all the same, where would the sense of hearing be? Where would the sense of smell be, you know? If we were all just one big old eyeball, that wouldn't be good for the body. So we all have at least one gift. The Bible makes that plain. Somebody says, well, I'm just useless in the Lord's church. I don't have anything I can add. To. No, 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 that's not true. That's the devil trying to convince you of that, but that's not true. You have at least one gift, and many of us have even more than that. So... If you use that gift properly, the Bible says God will increase those gifts. That's the parable of the talents in Matthew 25 and other parts of the Scripture, brothers and sisters. You, you, you use your gift, and God blesses you, and he'll bless you with even more. So God has given each of us a gift, or gifts, plural, so that we need to discover them and use them. We say sometime about somebody, that person has a lot of hidden talent. That's not good, brethren. God doesn't want your gift to be hidden. He wants it to be used in order to edify his and to build up his church. Okay? So why do we shy away from our spiritual gifts then, brethren? 
Why do we do that? I think there's a couple of reasons. One is because we've let Satan scare us into thinking they're unscriptural, don't we? And we've been spending several weeks on looking at the scriptural aspect of them because when we speak of spiritual gift, we oftentimes think of what? Miraculous gift. And if we think of miraculous gift, then, oh, Brother Green, people are going to be accusing us of going Pentecostal here, right? Brothers and sisters, did you notice that most of the gifts in the Bible are not miraculous from the section of Scripture we just read, as a matter of fact? Speaking in tongues and healing had their purpose, as the Bible says, and those were miraculous gifts given to certain people by God, and that was to establish and confirm God's word. John 20, 30, and 31 tells us that. But even then, brethren, only a very few Christians in the whole church in that day possessed these gifts, and most of them were in one church, which was in Corinth, which was a seaport city. The majority of the spiritual gifts are not miraculous. In, in, in this speak, they talk about the miraculous gifts of being extraordinary gifts, and then there are what they call the Ordinary gifts, which are non-miraculous. Now, I don't call them ordinary because they're from God. Nothing from God is ordinary, okay? But they are continuing gifts, and they are, the Bible says, for the building up of the body of Christ. And so the way they continue today is through God's people, God's body, God's church. God still gifts his people today in his body. And so there were the miraculous gifts, which was to establish the word. The word's been established. We have it today. You can read it from Genesis to Revelation. Those miraculous gifts are no longer needed. And 1 Corinthians 13 said when the perfect come, meaning God's word, the miraculous gifts were going to be done away with. So that's it. There are, though, the continuing gifts, what we would call the regular gifts, the non-miraculous. And they are for the building up of the body of Christ and the body continually needs to be built up. It is a continual thing. Your heart needs to continue to beat. Your, your lungs need to continue to take in air. Your food needs, to, I mean, your stomach needs to continue to take in food. Some of it's not quite as much, but it still needs to be done. So, brethren, we need to never ask or never shy away from the spiritual gifts that God has given to his people. Because God gives them to us, one, through his grace, as we read, and he gives them to us for a particular reason, okay? They're given for a purpose, and that is for building up the body of Christ. God had, Paul had to deal with this in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 when some of the folk in that congregation that were getting the what they called the, quote, greater gifts, the miraculous gift, and they were getting puffed up and saying, oh, look at me, I'm so special because I have this particular gift. And, and Paul said, no, the gift wasn't given to you for you. Can we understand that? The gift that God gives us is not given solely for your benefit, okay? So, brothers and sisters, they're given for the building up of the body of Christ, so how... Can the body, the Lord's church, be built up if we shy away from the gifts that God has given us? So understand, brethren, they're given us by God through his grace, and thirdly today, they're not given for our benefit. Okay? They're not given for our own benefit. You, you, you do benefit from them, brothers and sisters. Any gift God gives you, you benefit from. Amen? We do that, but that's not the reason it was given to you. They're given for the benefit of the body. 1 Corinthians 12 really brings that out. God 
gives you the gift of sharing, as 1 Corinthians 12, or of 1 Corinthians 12, also of showing mercy. Who do you show mercy to? Those who need it. He gives us, the Bible says, the gift of encouraging. Certain people have the gift of encouraging. And you know those folks. Beloved, I'm being kind. Certain people do not have the gift of encouraging. And you know them folk too. Some people you shy away from. When you, when you need some encouragement, there are certain people you're not going to pick up your phone and call. Okay? There's a gift of encouragement. Who does God give that gift of encouragement to? He gives it to certain people for those who need it. Okay? Same with the gift of giving. Who do you, who's, those with the gift of giving are to give to those who are in, in need. Brethren, God does not give you a gift so that you can be built up. You will be, but that's not the reason. He gives someone else a gift to build you up with. You see how that works? And that's Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and you know what that does? That makes us need each other. That makes us depend upon and lean on each other. And when you don't use your gift, then you're robbing your brothers and sisters. You're robbing the body of Jesus Christ. So we need to find them and use them. Not just for our sake, but for the sake of body, the body of Christ. Now, brethren, understand this, okay? Ah, let me get to this in a minute, okay? I'm, I'm trying, I want to keep this going straight, okay? How do I find my giftedness? Okay? Since God has given each of us at least one gift, and the Bible is plain about that, since God, through his grace, has a work, or a service for every individual, Ephesians 4, 16, then we must discover and use that gift or those gifts. Now, how do I find my gift? After all, are we all supposed to carry out the gifts we've read about? Are we all individually, as God's people, supposed to give? Yes. Are we all supposed to encourage one another? The Bible says so. Are we all supposed to show mercy to each other and, and patience and tolerance? And are we all to do that? Yes. Are we all to serve? Yes. Are we all to exhort one another? Yes. Aren't we all to be involved in all the spiritual gifts that the Bible talks about? Yes. We all have the function to do those things. But some have the gift to do those. Now, understand the difference, brothers and sisters. You know, we may say, all right, we're, go we're going to do trunk or treat, or we're going to do VBS, we're going to do whatever, and somebody says, well, Brother Green, you know, teaching's just not my gift, so I'm not. No, 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 it doesn't mean you can't serve there, brothers and sisters, from time to time. You can function in that way, okay? <clears throat> but you, your giftedness is where you need to be serving at constantly, okay? Example, we're all to show mercy. We're all to do that. But some have the gift of showing mercy. And your gift is, I guess we could say, your specialty, okay? We can do many things, brothers and sisters, in the church, and we need to do that, but we must specialize in something, and that's where our giftedness is, okay? And that's something that you're really going to be good at, that is going to shine, okay? Then how do I distinguish between function and gift? <clears throat> We're all to give. How do I know if my gift is giving? We're all to encourage. How do I know if my gift is encouraging? 
How do, we, how do I function? How do I, how do I distinguish, I'm sorry, between function and gift? How do I find my giftedness, okay? Number one, brethren, <coughs> and you, you're sure, I'm sure you knew I was going to get here. Explore all the possibilities, right? That's what you need to do. Go through the Bible. See what the continuing gifts are that the Bible mentions there, okay? And find where you fit in. Just find where you fit in. Somebody said, well, Brother Green, that just may take some months. It may, but it'll be worth it because you're going to be using your giftedness for a lifetime of service in the Lord's church. And then once you, you, you explore all those different areas, experiment, okay? Y'all notice the tune of E ain't that, ain't that, ain't that clever of me. <laughs> uh, experiment with many of them, all right? Give several of them a try. Don't give up real easily. Just give it a chance, all right? You just never know where your giftedness may be until you give it a try. Give it a chance, okay? Many try one thing or one time, and they quit and say, I'm just not cut out for this. Well, maybe you are, but maybe it's going to take a little while, okay? So keep trying. You don't know if something's your gift if you don't try it, you know? I have people say to me sometimes, you know, about a particular thing, they'll just say, Brother Green, I don't know why, but I just seem to have a knack for this particular thing. Okay? So listen to that. And then examine your feelings. Now, brothers and sisters, let me put a little bit of a kind of a fine print warning here, okay? Be careful because your wants and desires can oftentimes um, interfere with God's will in your life in this way. We know that, brethren. The Bible talks about how the heart can be deceitful and we can want something so bad that we will it and think it's God's will when it's really not, it's really ours. It's just our own wants, our own desire, and it may not be God's at all. So, so I say examine your feelings with that little bit of a caveat. Be careful, okay? Be careful and examine your feelings honestly. I knew a guy that wanted to preach so bad that he convinced himself that that's what God wanted him to do. It wasn't. So be careful, okay? But do examine your feelings. Look at those honestly, all right? If it's your gift, you'll enjoy doing it. Um, for a number of years in Bible college, and then when the Lord placed my partner, Earl Anderson, and I in Augusta, Georgia, we run a bus ministry. If done right, it's an effective way of reaching souls, and we reach many. And I run, uh, between those two places, I, um, I, I run a, worked a bus ministry for several years. It was not my gift. I did it. I loved my children. I, I loved the people I met on the bus route. I loved the souls I was able to convert from. It was not my gift. It was a chore. Earl, on the other hand, lived for it. 24-7. He loved it. He could hardly talk about anything else that was his giftedness so god wants you to enjoy serving him brothers and sisters you've heard it said before god wants you to be faithful not frustrated there are many christians who are frustrated because they're doing something in the lord's church that is outside their area of giftedness so if you're a fish beloved swim don't try to fly and if you're a bird, fly, don't try to swim. Paul says, if you're an eye, don't try to be an ear. If you're a hand, don't try to be a foot. So honest, honestly examine your feelings. And then after you do all that, evaluate your results, right? You want to see. Do you see any progress? Is any good coming out of it, okay? Is there anything, um, is there any fruit there? 
because of what you're doing. If it's good, then keep going doing it. If it's not, go to something else, brothers and sisters, until you find your area of giftedness. There's a lot of misplaced workers in the Lord's church because we don't evaluate the results. I had a guy say to me one time, I went into the eldership and I never wanted to. And my response was to him, bless your heart, you never should have did. That's not, that was not his giftedness. Teachers and elders and preachers and, 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 and so many other people in, in the Lord's church, examine those things, brothers and sisters, and if it's your gift, you're going to see great results. And then expect confirmation from the body, okay? As long as my heart's beating right, the body's going to be happy with that, right? There's going to be confirmation. Listen to what others say about what you're doing. And let me add sincere, honest people. Brothers and sisters, seem like any church always has this negative knowledge, right? I mean, they're not going to see good in anything. It doesn't matter what you do. They're going to find negative. Don't, don't expect those people to give you anything honestly, okay? They've got their own problems. And, and they're just always going to go negative. I'm not talking about that kind of people, okay? I'm talking about good, honest, sincere brothers and sisters in Christ, okay? And if you get a lot of compliments, then maybe you need to stay with that. That may be your area of giftedness. If not, do something else. Because, brethren, the body's going to let you know if one of its members isn't doing what it need to do. You ever ate something kind of putrid? You ever ate something that had got passed maybe its expiration date by like two years? And, and did your stomach let you know that? Okay? Uh, our body will do that, brethren. You know what? I love to sing. I love to sing, but it's not my giftedness. Okay? Is it a function? I can function, but is it my giftedness? No. Why well, do I know that? Because the body lets me know. Okay? Now, now listen, in my early days, when I, found, when I started to do that, the body would let me know in ways like this. People would come to me and say, Brother Green, we love you, but please don't lead singing. One brother told me, he said, man, I sat between you and George, Floor, George Flood, who was another guy that sang like I did, and he said, it is stereo horrible. He said, I, I just can't do it, you know. And now, brethren, I have, if you want to call it practicing from that time till now, which has been like 40 years, I've gotten better. So now y'all don't come up to him and say things like that. You know, you come up to him and say things like, well, between that and a screeching elephant, you ain't too bad, you know, stuff like that. But, but brethren, I know I can function in that way. But, but, I, but I am not, you know, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a Frankie or a Chuck, right? So you can know. Let's close it down, okay? Brethren, it's possible for members of the Lord's church to live all their Christian lives unconscious of their spiritual wealth they possess. And that's sad. That's sad. It really is. Because there's so much wasted potential in the church today and so much that goes undone because people do not explore and find their giftedness that God, through his grace, has given to them for the building up of the body of Christ. God has an assignment, a gift, a, a <coughs> work, a service for every Christian. For every Christian. He gives us at least one spiritual gift in order to carry that out in a marvelous way. God wants you to have it and to use your giftedness, brothers and sisters. So if you're in Christ, you have a gift, at least one, some of you more. Find and practice 
the gift that God has given you. You'll be blessed, and you'll do great things for God. Friend, if you're here and you're not a Christian, you can't have God's gift in this because it's given to those who are in the body of Christ. But I want you to know that God wants you to have it. He sent a son, as Frankie so very well pointed out, he sent a son to die on a cross so you could be saved and be forgiven of your sins and be made a part of his church, his body, and to have a marvelous, needed function and part of that body. Those who the Lord returns for are going to be those who are in his church. You want to be there. If not, whether you're here in this audience, out there in TV land, please contact us. Those here today can come forward. Those out there can call us, contact us, text us in many of the, the many ways you can and let us know your need. But if you're not right with God, friend, the best thing to do right now is get that straight. Get that right, and we'll show you how right from God's Word while we stand and sing.